Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fringes of the Faith podcast. This podcast is dedicated to talking about the obscure things in our faith and that are in the Bible, uh, some things that we don't typically have enough time to discuss during our sermons. I'm Pastor Paul Henderson. I'm the administrative pastor here at Capstone Church. And today I have a very special guest with us. This is Stefano Librelon. He I is, I, here you are. He <laughs> is the worship director um, of Capstone Church. Welcome, Stefano. How are you doing? Doing good, Pastor. Thank you for the, for the opportunity to be here. I'm excited. I am too. And, yeah. you know, we're going to be talking today about a topic uh, that it probably is going to leave a lot of you scratching your heads thinking, why on earth are we talking about something, a topic that is from beyond the earth? And today we're going to be talking about UFOs. UFOs. That's kind of crazy, yeah. isn't it? It is. I mean, a, it's, I mean, there's so much mystery around it. There is. And... um why do you think we should be talking about ufos well first of all it's a curiosity that most people have you know i mean yeah i i mean i'm very curious about it and i think that the mystery that there is in it just just make people really uh focus on it you know? yeah uh, you know we are human and we have this innate curiosity built in with us you know god's given us that creativity yeah. the creative mind and but sometimes that creative mind can get us into a little bit of trouble uh, spiritually. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so the reason we want to talk about UFOs or unidentified flying objects today is because um, of a little verse in Matthew chapter 24. This is this is really what God put on my heart and why he wanted uh, us to talk about this. And so in Matthew chapter 24, um, it discusses a few things that Jesus talks about when he talks about the end of the age. And this is after his disciples, they ask him, uh, what's the sign? What's the sign of your, of your coming? And what's the sign of the end of the age? And here's the first thing that he says. This is the very first thing that Jesus says in response to that question. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. Deceives you. Yeah. What that tells me is that there will be a spirit of deception in the last days and i think it's already here brother yeah i think jesus is preparing you know the church to to bring that awareness yes uh, that's going to be a lot of things at the end that will try to confuse us you know absolutely bring mess into the body of christ absolutely and so jesus goes on to talk about some specific things that will happen you know wars rumors of wars um, pestilence and earthquakes in various places all those kind of things that we you know we've we've learned about we talk about that when we talk about the end times but when he winds down his little discussion, mm -hmm. he says this. He says, false Christ, which means saviors, false saviors, a false sense of security, uh, a false sense of being saved, whether that's through science or some other means. Um, and there will also be false prophets or leaders. There will be leaders mm, yeah. that will arise and they will show great signs and wonders so as to deceive if possible, even the elect, even now, the elect, who yeah. are the elect, that's you and I. Yeah. And that's all the believers in Christ. Amen. And so he says this right after he says that after the false uh, messiahs and the false prophets arise and, and they could even deceive the elect. He says, see, I have told you beforehand. So he is absolutely, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. Absolutely warning his church and preparing his church for the deception that I believe has already started. Oh, yeah. 
We can see that. Yeah. And so in this episode of Fringes of the Faith, we're going we're going to talk about UFOs, which are now referred to as unidentified aerial phenomena. And we're going to talk about their possible origins and what we can expect in the future as it relates to these unexplainable sightings mm-hmm. of strange things in our skies and, and in our waters. Um, well, and we're see. also we're also going to discuss how should we respond to these types of of mysteries. I'm curious, Pastor. Are you? Yeah. Well, uh, here's a little known, unknown fact about Stefano uh, for you guys and gals that, that may not know. Stefano is an aviator. He uh, is a pilot, and I'll let I'll let him talk to you a little bit about his experiences in the skies. Well, yes, Pastor. Uh, you know, uh, aviation has always been a dream and a passion in my life, and I used to go, I mean, in the weekends to see airplanes in the airports, and it's a big thing in my life. And um, I actually ended up working with aviation for three years. Mm-hmm. I, I flew a, a small jet in back in Brazil. What, okay, for the aviation enthusiasts out there, which which jet? I flew a Finan 100. It's a Brazilian uh, jet, like uh, corporate jet. Corporate I, jet. Yeah, okay. it's a corporate jet. Yeah, I used to yeah. fly the, the mayor of my town. And for three years, I worked with that. And I, I've seen things in the skies that... Maybe we can share here. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're about to open a can of worms, yeah. aren't you, Stefano? <laughs> well, um, before we get into that, I, I'd like to kind of to go through a, a brief history of UFOs, um, especially in this country. So in 1947, a man named Kenneth Arnold, he was a pilot just like yourself. Yeah. And one day he's out flying and he sees what he described as like little saucer plates Mm -hmm. skipping across the sky. I've seen them. (laughs) 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 Um, And so he sees them and he says these were these are like saucers skipping across the sky. And and then it was the media that actually coined the phrase flying saucer. Oh, okay. and it immediately took off like wildfire. And I mean, it entered, in, entered into our pop, our pop culture. Uh, Hollywood started making tons of movies about uh, UFOs and War of the Worlds and alien invasions and Independence Day. And, E.T. And E.T. Yeah. especially, phone home. I watched E.T. in Portuguese years uh, ago. How did that sound? Um can you, can you say ET phone home in Portuguese? Yeah, ET. <laughs> That's how we say. Yeah, phone ET, home. Yeah. ET phone home in Portuguese. Phone. I don't know how to translate <laughs> that. Okay, so anyway, so uh, it entered into our pop culture, and even the United States Air Force, uh, they developed the, the, the Project Blue Book, and they made you know TV shows about that as well. But here's the interesting thing, that last year, the military confirmed that they created another task force to investigate UFOs. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, but they another call one. it, yeah, another one. But they call it unidentified aerial phenomenon. So it's another type of thing. Yeah, it's a UAP now. Oh. A, and, and there's one for the underwater stuff, too. I don't remember what it is. Unidentified submerged or something like that. Well, these people are creative. Very creative. God cre- created us with a creative <laughs> mind, didn't he? Uh, with an imagination. But And so last year, in, in the summer of last year, almost one year ago, Senator Marco Rubio, um, you may have heard of him. Yes, I have. Okay. He officially requested the release of any information related to unidentified aerial vehicles collected by the Navy and the Pentagon. So, I mean, yeah. this so. is actually really happening. And a lot of people say that we are very, very close to what they call disclosure, which means the government's finally going to come clean and tell us about these unexplainable. Oh, so the story's going to be unfolded. 
it's it's unfolding as we speak. Yeah. That oh, there's a report that's supposed wow. to come out any time now, if it hasn't already, uh, explaining everything that the Navy and the Pentagon knows about these unidentified objects in our skies and in our waters. Now, Senator Rubio's concern is that some other government has achieved some kind of a great advancement, a mm-hmm. leap of technology, and that that has surpassed us, the United States, and other our other friendly governments of the world, and and that could pose an existential threat to us. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, Brazil has a lot of you know cases of you know UFOs, and there might be some information exchanging there. It could be. Yeah, it could be. But here's the here, here's one of the issues though. Um, UFOs, it's not a recent phenomenon. As a matter of fact, sightings of strange things in the skies goes all the way back, all the way back to the Egyptians. Yeah, it's four thousand years ago. Four thousand. There years were ago. Uh, records of you know things showing up in the skies in Egypt. Yep, um, way before the Wright brothers first took their their flight. And way. you know, Pastor, uh, actually, there's a theory that they believe the aliens built the pyramids. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They believe that. All right. Well, uh, who knows? Okay. A I mystery. don't think it's it. a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. So how do we explain these kind of occurrences as governmental technological advancements when they happen before governments knew anything about aviation engineering? How do we explain that? And how, how do we explain some of these sightings that uh, also are accompanied by abductions? Mm. Yeah. Interesting, right? Let's talk about alien abductions real quick. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Um, years ago, I watched a documentary uh, actually recorded here in the United States about an abduction mm-hmm. and people that had experiences with abductions. And the report that they say uh, is that it was a bad experience. All of the cases that I heard in the in this documentary. A bad experience? Like they ate something bad the night before? Like- no, 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 no. I mean... They say that what they remembered of the experience oh, was bad. Yeah, it was, was negative. Bad, was negative. Uh-huh. Was something that mm-hmm. didn't add anything to their lives. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, some of them actually had psychology problems. You know, after mm-hmm. that, they never got to interact with people anymore. They lived in fear. Wow. So, mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Yeah, there's something behind that. That mm-hmm. you know, sounds a little bit evil. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about abductions just real quickly because uh, i, I, I want to touch on something here so from about 1977 to 1981 mm-hmm. um i was a very young young boy young man and i remember having very very vivid dreams yeah. about uh ufos in one particular dream there was this huge round shaped ufo that hovered above my house and then the next thing i know i was lifted out of my bed and sucked up into this giant spacecraft and i remember standing in line with many others that were there too and this humanoid figure was going from person to person and they they were checking them with some kind of an instrument and when the humanoid got to me i suddenly woke up in my bed and i was sweating and i was scared half to death and uh, it really it really did a number on me that kind of sounds like a scene right out of Hollywood. It sounds like a scene right out of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Doesn't yeah, it? I mean, you ever seen that movie? Uh, this is a specific one I haven't. Okay. But. Well, it sounds like a scene right out of the movie because it was. But it's no coincidence that in 1977, <laughs> yeah. Steven Spielberg released this classic <laughs> UFO movie. 
And I watched that movie and I was absolutely stunned and mesmerized and instantly captivated by UFOs. Wow. That explains your dreams. It explains yeah. my dreams, right? <laughs> it was an experience. Yeah. Um, but from about age 10 to my early 20s, I often felt this sense of knowing that one day a UFO was going to show up on my front doorstep or wow. above my house and it was going to take me away to a distant galaxy. Would you like no, because uh, that was also a close encounter to the third kind. <laughs> that was also a movie. So, uh, but after I came to know the Lord and after I began reading the Bible, uh, this notion of UFOs and, and abductions, it, it all quickly faded. Um, but what didn't fade was the curiosity that surrounds well, what are these things yeah. then? Um, wh what is captivating the world? What is in our skies? And, and that's what is the strategy behind this, right? Exactly. The... Yeah. And and one of the things that uh, I began looking at um, is are UFOs, are, are they in the Bible? I mean, can we find instances of UFOs in the Bible? And there's a lot of people that say that they are in the yeah. Bible. One thing I know, Pastor, uh, the Bible addresses everything. It does. Everything in creation. Uh, it's there. There's mm -hmm. answer. Mm -hmm. for all of uh, our questions there. So. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about UFOs in, in the Bible, can we? Yeah, absolutely. Is that okay with you? Sure. All right, so before we do that, but there there are three basic guidelines that we have to follow, mm -hmm. all right? Uh, when we start talking about things, especially supernatural things, especially like UFOs in the Bible, number one, the first, the first guideline is this. UFOs are unidentified objects. Yes. UAPs are unidentified objects aerial phenomenon you don't know where it's coming from you don't know where it's going you can't you explain it who's there no one can explain it no identification no identification no one can explain what it is number two god has established physical boundaries for us as humans that's the right. law of physics absolutely applies across the board to this physical realm and whether you're on this planet or you're on another planet it doesn't matter it the doesn't laws, matter. The God's law of physics applies. Yes. And you know that these manifestations are totally against the laws. Yes. I mean, because they fly so high in the sky and they produce no noise. Right. Anything that is flying in such a speed has to produce noise. Yeah. It breaks the sound barrier, which. Exactly. You know, you know it creates a loud, a loud, huge boom, the sonic boom. So the problem already starts there. It does. It uh, Yeah, it actually does. And number three, the third guideline, you ready? If you believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God, then you have to believe in the spiritual realm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. in the Bible. And so angels and demons exist in the spiritual realm. They, yeah. And here's the other thing. They have manifested themselves in the physical realm in the past. They do it in the present. And they will continue to do it even more yeah. so in it, these last days. It's written that it will happen. It is. So are you ready? Here we go. We're going to talk about UFOs in the Bible. Now, I've read a lot. I've read a lot about UFOs. Remember, I was enamored with UFOs when, at a very early age. Yeah. Um, so I, I've read a lot about them and how they're supposedly in the Bible. And I've got to tell you something, Stefano. Can I tell you something? Please tell me. I'm a little scared, but I mean. Okay. They're not in there. They're not in the Bible. They're not in the Bible. They're not in the Bible. Where are they? Every instance that we see a supernatural phenomenon in the Bible, it's identified. It's identified. It's identified. That you got it, Pastor. Yeah. Remember, UFOs and UAPs, they're not identifiable. They're not explainable. But everything in the Bible 
is is explainable. Yeah, it's identified. So, so let's look at some of the most notable scriptures that that people have attributed to being UFOs in the Bible. Let's start off in Genesis. Sounds Let, like a pretty good place to let's start. Let's see. So Genesis chapter six verse one and two says this. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. So the sons of God, that's been hotly debated for centuries. Who are they? Are they angels? Are they humans? What are they? Um, the term that I believe uh, after doing the research uh, on, you know, sons of God, actually the Hebrew word for that is Benai Elohim. Mm -hmm. And everywhere that the Bible uses that phrase, Benai Elohim, Benai it Elohim. always refers to angels. Oh, always. And so the term to me has come, has come to mean the direct creation of God. Adam was a direct creation of God. Angels, the spiritual realm, a direct creation of God. So in other words, Angels or messengers of God took wives for themselves. Uh, they're identified. Yeah. And, and, and whether you believe that they're fallen angels or whether you believe in the Sethian theory, which says that the sons of God are, were the offspring of Seth um, and the daughters of men were the offspring of Cain and they intermarried and for whatever reason they weren't supposed to. Uh, it's not explained why they wouldn't be able to intermarry. But whether you believe that or you believe in the fallen angel, uh, either way, it's identified. It's identified. It's explainable. Yeah. And so there's a growing sect of people out there. Have you ever heard this phrase, ancient astronaut theory? No. Okay. So what ancient astronaut theory says is that an alien extraterrestrial race visited the Earth when we were in our early stages, and they either, number one, uh, created civilization or created men, you know, they, they brought, you know, that we are from some extraterrestrial planet. I don't know if that's Nibiru or what was the planet you were talking about? Uh, I was talking about Capella. Yeah, Capella. Uh -huh. I don't know if it's that planet or what. Um, but the theory, their theory is that, that these uh, astronauts are ancient, that they had all this technology way back, you know, when thousands and thousands of years ago. And, so, uh, go ahead. So, so they believe that we are the fruit yeah. of. <laughs> yes. They believe, yeah. And, and I'm not just, you know, I, I'm not belittling their belief. I mean, they believe what they believe. Um, but I tend to believe the word of God. So they believe that we've been colonized by like humans, by beings from other planets? And they're not the only ones that believe that. There, there are some, some organizations out there that call themselves Christians. Uh, a Christian organization, I'm not going to name it, but they believe that that we were colonized, that, wow. that we are them, that we are extraterrestrials here on this planet. That's unbelievable. Now then, there is, uh, the theory also says that these beings, um, after they came and they you know, colonized, they, they either colonized the planet or they came when man was just living in caves and they taught them how to farm agriculture. They taught yeah. them how to work metal, uh, metallurgy, and how to fight wars. How to work with uh, like iron, yes, silver, things how to like make that. swords and weapons, swords and everything, earrings and adornments. They they taught them how to do that. It's interesting because the Book of Enoch uh, tells about it. it you know, it, it tells does. about it. It does. Now, the first Book of Enoch um, is not in our Bible, the one that we have. Yeah, but it still exists in the Ethiopian Bible. It is interesting also that the Bible mentions the Book of Enoch three times. It does. Yes, yeah. our Bible mentions. Yes, so it does. There's some credit there. 
Well, it mentions Enoch in the, as being abducted, if you will, yeah, because uh, uh -huh. he says he walked with God and then he was not, right? Yeah. So there's your first abduction, but it's, it's explainable. It, it's explainable, absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't a little green person that, that abducted you. <laughs> it was a big, huge God that abducted yeah, you. Yeah, that right? has power. Right? right. And so in this book, in the book of Enoch, the first book, Enoch describes a group of angels. He calls them the Watchers. And... And they're sent down to earth to keep an eye on us, on the humans. But unfortunately, when they get here, they start gazing upon the daughters of men and they take them as their wives. Right. And and here's here's what I think. This is my theory. I don't think so much. I mean, they yeah, they were beautiful, but I don't think, you know, uh, compared to a spiritual being, what is beauty, right? I think their main goal was they saw that human women could have children. Yeah. They, they could have offspring. And I think that's what they desired is to have offspring, Maybe. to create something because they've already rebelled. Oh, yeah. They so now they're into judgment this. Already. Right. Yeah. And so now they're into this creation type thinking. I think that's what they wanted. Maybe uh, since they were already under judgment, mm -hmm. they wanted just to destroy God's creation, yeah. you know, to mess up the plan. That's a, that's you another know? that's another interesting aspect of it as well. So let's talk about another one in Genesis. Genesis chapter 11, verse five says this. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Now we're talking about the Tower of Babel, Babel right? Yeah. Okay. And so the Lord is identified here. Therefore, this is not a UFO that came down to see. It says the, the Lord. The Lord, you know? yeah. Genesis chapter 15, verse 17 says, And it came to pass, when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there was a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Now this is the story of Abraham. Abraham was told to bring a three-year-old uh, heifer, a three-year-old female goat uh, to sacrifice. And, and he was told to cut them in pieces and lay them on the altar, right? Well, then when darkness fell, a smoking oven and a burning torch passed between the pieces. Now, some cite this as, well, that was a UFO. Um, I'm pretty sure Abraham knows or he knew what a smoking oven looked like. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting, Pastor? Every time that there is an encounter with heaven and earth, mm -hmm. God always makes he makes sure that he identifies what's ha what's happening. That's right. You know, mm -hmm. for it not to create confusion in in the human being's mind. That's right. And he's not a god of confusion. Oh, absolutely not. So the Bible is clear when it identifies these encounters. Mm -hmm. You know. Now I read an article from uh, from a, an actual preacher, a, a, a priest. Mm -hmm. I read this article, and he went on to describe the burning bush as a UFO. A UFO? Yeah. And so let's let's look at this for a second. It says in Exodus 3, verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, appeared to Moses, in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Now, clearly identified here as the angel of the Lord yeah, well, and a burning bush. Even if show up in the tree, in the bush, mm -hmm. it wasn't the person that was behind it was identified. It was identified. Right. Here's another one that, that I've heard too. Uh, Exodus 13, verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. One more time. To give them light, so as to go by day and night. Now, I just can't imagine a, a spacecraft hovering above and shooting down this pillar or column of smoke and, and, and a column of fire and Moses not being able to describe it along not with the pillar of clouds and fire because... Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. He yeah. was an educated man. He knew. He knew things. He knew about metal. He could describe 
Oh, and by the way, there was a huge metal object in the sky that was shooting all this columns of fire down. No mention of that at all. Nothing like that. So here's another one. Um, Exodus chapter 19, verse 16. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. I'm going to skip down to verse 18. Same, same chapter, chapter 19, verse 18. Now, Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain great uh, quaked greatly. Now, there are some who say that this thick cloud um, that was burning the mountaintop was a spacecraft. And again, I have to say, Moses, being an educated man, he would have used a different word to describe a hovering object. Absolutely. I mean, he, he, he's clear when he says that it was a cloud. Well, right? here's how clear he was. Moses uses the word, the Hebrew word, kabad enan, to describe what he saw. Now, kabad enan is Hebrew for heavy cloud. Heavy cloud. Uh -huh. And anon, yeah. the word anon specifically refers to a thunderhead cloud. Have you seen one of those before? Uh, yes. Being a pilot? I'm sure yes. you, might, yes. you might have even flown into one before. Oh, man. Yes. I mean, we had like experiences that, I mean, it really scared the passengers, you know. <laughs> yeah. When you have to yeah. pierce a cloud like that, I mean, it's just great. And you see, you know, in the summertime, so we're getting upon that season now where the, the spring rains and the thunderstorms, you see that huge anvil cloud in the yeah. sky and you see all the light. The cumulus nimbus. You know? Yes, nimbus, yeah. The nimbus, yeah. And, and and you see all of the the lightnings that go on in it. Can you imagine seeing that on top of a mountain? Wow, I mean. And then well, knowing that that's the presence of it's God. It's privilege for me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. One thing that I would like to mention about this, Pastor, is that it, it mentions that cloud during the day mm -hmm. and fire during the night. Mm -hmm. And both had a purpose, mm -hmm. you know, to protect people yes. from the heat of the, of the desert. Yes. And to protect people. From the code of the desert yes. at night so there was purpose today mm -hmm. when these things show up that we don't identify what's the purpose of this right there's no purpose right you know that's a good question to ask what's the purpose yes what i mean it purpose? actually only brings confusion and question and doubt yeah here's one that is one of the most noted ufo sightings in the bible per se the taking of elijah the prophet in second kings chapter 2. here it is verse 11. Then it happened, as they continued on, they being Elijah and Elisha, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Wow. Amazing, right? Yeah. I mean. You know you, where it's going to? You yeah. know who is in the. Yeah. You know? So it's clear. Pretty clear it's to me. It's pretty clear. So the author of Second Kings uses the Hebrew word here, se'arah, which literally means a hurricane storm hurricane. or a tempest. It, to describe Elijah going up. So this was a storm. They know what a storm is. They know what a hurricane is. They, they know what a tornado is. And, you know, it sounds like a pretty violent way to go up. Yeah. Right? Um, if it was some kind of a, a bright Hollywood traction beam, you know, like depicted. I think in, he in would Hollywood. have enough, you know, words to describe that. Well, whoever wrote it, it you know, Elisha was a witness. And there were many witnesses because it says, he, you know, they were there with all the captives. Um, was that the right one? No, that's a different one. I'm going to get to that one in a minute, though. Okay. But there were there were more than just Elijah and Elisha there. And so if it if it were like a some kind of a tractor beam, Elijah, it would have said that he went up by an amud, which means pillar of or, which means firelight. Fire. Yeah. He, so, he, but he didn't say that. 
He said, he said that uh, he saw a Sarah, which is a hurricane. One thing I know about the Bible, um, it's precise. It's very, you know, it's very precise. It, 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 you know, describes the reality. It does not, you know, mm -hmm. create things. If it was, if they saw something, it described as it was. Right. Exactly. It's faithful. It is faithful. And, and so here, here's where the confusion comes in, I think, is that people hear, hear these things and they hear someone say, oh, yeah, well, that, that must have been a UFO or extraterrestrial or something to that, uh, to that sense. But they don't go and they don't read it and they don't investigate it themselves. They rely on someone else making it up. And so when you go into the actual words that are used, the chariot of fire with horses of fire. Now, that's one of the most compelling statements that they used to allude to UFOs being in the Bible. But the word chariot in Hebrew is recheb, which means vehicle. And mm -hmm. that's where they get it. Like, oh, it was a vehicle because they're thinking in their minds a vehicle is something that's motor powered. Yeah. Okay, but everywhere that the word Raheb up to this point has always, when it's used, it's always referred to a horse-drawn uh, vehicle, a chariot. Interesting. Yeah. And the fact that the author describes is as a chariot of fire with horses of fire, it indicates the same meaning here that it's it's a vehicle, horse-drawn vehicle, uh, and and they're describing it as an aash. I don't know how to say this word, but maybe you do aash, meaning fiery hot or fiery red now wow. there's another yeah. there's another scripture that talks specifically about a fiery red horse and it's in revelation yeah okay yeah so, i can relate to that right and so when it talks about elijah and elisha were separated by a fiery red horse-drawn chariot and then elijah was taken up to the clouds by a hurricane or more like a, a tornado it's very strange to you know it's a very strange for us to try to think about Absolutely. it's like well what so then we try to explain it you know, we try to use our own human logic to explain something that has already been explained for us. Yeah. So just believe what the Bible says. You got to believe. Be, yeah. You'll be on firm ground. Um, here's one more. Now, this is one that, that I see all the time. And this is found in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 16. It says, The appearance of the wheels and their works was like the color of beryl, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their works was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Sounds like a UFO, doesn't it? So, yeah. Okay, For those who. Yeah. For those that, that <laughs> they read it on the surface. Yeah. But here's what the, the, the crowd that attributes this to a UFO, here's what they usually don't mention. That Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1 says this. It says, I, says Ezekiel, was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. Wow. What Ezekiel, what Ezekiel sees is a vision. And the word that the author uses is a mara, which means a mirror or a looking glass. Um, so it's where, it's where we get the word mirror from. Um, or the, also the word we get, the word that we get mirage. You know what a mirage is in the desert? Yeah, I yeah, know. A mirage? Yeah, well, like okay. the waters. And so Ezekiel describes seeing this, this image, this mirage or a, a mirror of things in heaven. Okay. Uh, Okay. And in these visions, he sees spiritual entities, the four living creatures, and he sees these wheels within the wheels. Now, here, here's something that's really interesting. The other Hebrew word for vision in its singular form, mm -hmm. not as plural, but it's singular, is quasa, which means to mentally gaze, to see, and to prophesy. 
So like the, the concept of quasar is something that is more, it's mental, you yes. create with your creativity. It's not actually what you're seeing. Well, I think he sees a vision of heaven and, and it, it, it sounds like to me, looking at the Hebrew language, it sounds like he goes into a trance, right? Uh, a gaze, much like Peter did on the rooftop when the he saw a right? when he saw the vision of the of the white sheet being let down with the animals, the unclean animals, and God says, "Why do you call unclean what I what I have sanctified?" Exactly. And so he, Peter goes into a trance and he sees that vision. Same thing here with Ezekiel; he's seeing a vision. Visions do not classify. They're not classified as UFO sightings. They're visions. They're visions. I mean, they're spiritual. Right? Spiritual visions. And what he sees is he sees a vision of heaven, of things that are going on in heaven. And we know we know from John's writings in the book of Revelation about those same things, right? So if we look, um, if we look, we start tying these different things together, you know, from Ezekiel to, to Elijah uh, and to John, on the island of Patmos, what he saw there. And you start to see, okay, so we have to make a distinction where these visions or where these actual, like, physical sightings. And when you get to that point, then you're like, well, these were visions. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you said earlier, Stefano, you said the Bible contains answers. Yes, everything's there. Everything's there. But you know what? Sometimes the answer is it's a mystery of the Lord. Yeah, it's a mystery, and the Bible says itself says that that not everything is unfolded yet. That's right. You yeah. know, one day it will be, but until we don't get to that level mm -hmm. of revelation, That's you're gonna right. have to, yeah. you know, just wait for, for it. Well, and, and you know, um, Paul says it too. He talks about what we see now. We see dimly. We're not seeing everything. Yeah, he right? just says that. We're not seeing everything. One day we will when we're face-to-face -face with our Savior. Then we'll see clearly. Fully. We have the we'll full see. Yeah, we'll comprehension. See full comprehension of it. But until that day, um, don't focus on it. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you focus on the mysteries, then that's all you're going to get is mystery. And you're not going to be able to explain everything. And that is one of the mysteries of God. The thing is, Pastor, the more you focus on mystery... Mm. Uh, the more it becomes mystery for you, right? Especially when you don't have all the answers at this, you know, available. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, not everything is gonna be explained until we get to that level of revelation. That's so right. the only thing we need to know, we and it has already been revealed to mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, right? That's right. His His character and God's love for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when we say that every every question is answered in the Bible and sometimes the answer is it's a mystery this doesn't compute well with human logic and what we end up doing as humans is we don't accept this answer and we start looking for the answers we start imagining the possible explanations and that's all they are they're imaginations and we make it up and then and then we start believing our own imaginations you know our yeah. own imaginings and we have to say we are very creative beings we are you know mm -hmm. and the more the mystery goes deeper the more mm -hmm. creative we get to that's try right. to find the explanation that's, right. that's right. right and so um how do we explain then the experiences that people have had well and, and i believe i believe them i believe that they have had experiences that they are attributing to extraterrestrial or to 
to alien abductions or, or sightings. I believe them. I really do. I believe they I, had I believe those them. experiences. But I really then we have them. to think about, okay, well, what are they then? Um, Pastor Paul, if what you're telling me is that these are imaginings or these are, um, what are these? Basically, so what are you telling me? What are these? And so we're going to talk about that um, in part two of this episode. Um, but until then, um, I want to leave you with this, Stephanie. Yeah. Remember Isaiah 55 and verses 8 through 9? It basically says, God's thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. Amen. Thank goodness. Yeah. I don't want to wow. know everything. Do you want to know everything? No. I, I already know what I need to know, right? Yeah, which is? Which is uh, God's love revealed to us through Jesus. That's right. right. That's all we and need. I also know that not everything is going to be revealed yet. That's right. We're not going to have all the questions yet, or all the answers right. yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was a child, sometimes, you know, the answer to my questions were, you'll know when you get there. You know uh, I mean? yeah. <laughs> you'll know when you get over. That's a lot of yeah, you get a lot wisdom of in this. Well, Stefano, I want to thank you um, for sitting in with me and being a special guest. Anything that you want to to leave us with? Well, uh, uh, first of all, I really want to thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, when mysteries like this come, uh, we have to understand that uh, one day we will know everything fully. Uh, lots of things that we don't know yet. When we see him, we will comprehend. We actually mentioned this mm -hmm. uh, last Sunday. Mm -hmm. But uh, knowing Jesus and who he is, is is more than enough for us. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Well said, brother. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much. Um, next, we're not finished with this topic. Um, we're going we're gonna to transition into, okay, so then what are they? Who are they? You ready for that? I'm ready. Okay. I'm curious. Let's see. <laughs> well, I'm going to get someone else in here to talk about that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah.